home audio entertainment 9016 radio the show for artists of all kinds sit down and relax enjoy the music Slightly. Bebina? Yeah, there you go. Bebina? Yep, sick. Yeah, perfect. Sick. Good to go. Oh, hard. <laughs> sick. <laughs> Do you know Ipsy? Bro, no, nah, I, don't, I, I don't know him personally, but um, I've listened to his music. I fuck with this shit. Yeah, so right. Well, I was kind of hoping because he was a musician that he would have some setup like that. <laughs> so he but came nah. through. <laughs> He's just straight on the mat. I was like, oh, nah, all good. <laughs> so, how's things, man? How you been? Fuck, I've been real good, bro. Like, yeah? It's been working hard at the moment for like the last like oh shit a year now I've been working at Adidas. Oh true, so true. Like, so yeah, I was gonna ask you. So like full time there, you got a lot of music yeah, stuff intertwined there, as well. Damn, like, I've only really started making music for like again for like the past three months. Like sure, four months been going ham at it. Like, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you sort of come in and out of it. Yeah, well, it's it's part of like my mental health as well. Like, I'm bipolar, so like occasionally, like I'll completely dip off the scene, right. and then like come back like guns blazing. But I'm trying my hardest just to make sure this is the last time I dip. Yeah, for sure. So I'm sure. not going to dip again. Does it sort time. of get to a point where you get frustrated with the process, or is this is it is it really just a personal thing that you're trying to figure out? Like, that's how it works? that's pretty much it's legit, just like a life thing. It's like pretty much got nothing to do with the music. Like, I love the music, but I can't really like do it when I'm not like super super like you know. And a vibe, yeah, and like, that makes sense. If I'm if I'm not super super uppity and not sleeping for like two weeks straight, then I'm either just I'm just like in bed. <laughs> yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. Fair enough, man. Yeah. Just so like, so how much how much when you sort of get back into music, like how much is there for you to do? Like I, another thing I was going right. to ask you is is like the 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 Brisbane move was that something that was because of music or is that just like completely needed to get away? Completely not, completely not music related, bro. I was like I was like so heavily into drugs, man. So like. Like nothing like too like extreme, but yeah. like I was taking like I think I took my first tab of acid in 2016. Oh wow! And I would have had like somewhere between like 100 to 150 tabs in the space of like a year and a half. So like, I, I, bro, I went full on like deep yeah, end, and that's... plus like I was smoking weed like every day straight for like from I think 2014 to not long ago actually. Yeah. So I'm like just recently off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had a bit of a case like this year. I got nabbed with a plant. Oh, and true. I was like, nah, I'm just, just stop that. So it's I'm just like, not so worth it in the end. Like, yeah, fair enough. Bro, definitely not worth it, man. Definitely not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Hard, so I'm just yeah. trying to like, you know. There's definitely like, a, 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 I guess a slippery slope, you know, like it can, it can work <laughs> out really well for you, like smoking weed and things like creatively too, but it can also yeah. go like completely opposite direction, man. Like I haven't smoked weed for years. Definitely it just agree, wasn't man. something that worked for me at all. Bro, I felt like it did work, but I felt like the only reason why it worked was because I was just completely trying to like numb myself from like, you know, shit that happened in the past. Yeah, hard. So yeah. I was just like, you know, instead of dealing with my issues, I just completely like just fucking burnt yeah. them away, man, rather than like facing them off front. Yeah, for sure. How did you find the like the acid, like that that amount of it? I'm sorry if this is too personal, but just like, nah, how did you, did you eventually get to a point where you can, because I've only really had one experience with it, so yeah. I'm not exactly in, in completely in tune with what it's really doing, but like you get to a point where you're sort of quite cohesive and you can still really do things, like do you sort right. of take it and you, because you want to do something or because you take it when you just want to like go and chill out for a bit? Definitely not chill out, question. man. I, I think the first time for me, like, it was probably like a heap to do with it was my first time. Um, I didn't like know how to like take the drug and how to treat it. So like my first time I took like four taps and um, 
the crazy thing was, was each of those tabs was 300 UGs. So like for my first trip, I took like roughly the equivalent of somewhere between eight and 12 tabs. So like, Fuck. yeah, from there, like, <laughs> what an intro. it was such an intro, man. But like, I really learned so much from it. But I felt like over time, I just slowly learned less and less. Yeah. And yeah. just like, I full on just like Loki ruled my life, man. Like, yeah. For yeah. a while. But it opened me up to so many different things. I'm so glad that I did take it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those, like psychedelics in general, I really like, it's so easy to look at something like that and look at people that have used it and have, so many people will have different stories and different experiences in using those things. Like it's it's so easy when you haven't had that experience to say, oh, it's a drug, it's bad for you because look at this person and this person. But it's, it's literally like something that is altering your state of mind. Like it's not, it's, it's it obviously can turn bad in some cases, yeah. but it's actually like it opens up your way of thinking because you go, oh, wow, like I can actually see things differently now. I can actually like change my perspective on things. It's like looking at life or like breaking the fourth wall of life, like in right, quite wow. a literal sense as well. And it's like, ah. It's quite crazy. At least that's what I got from it. I was like, oh shit, like yeah. there's actually other like I don't I want to say exactly, dimensions, but I don't want to man. get into that corny <laughs> aspect of it. But that's like, the reality was like, of it. Bro, like, I grew up and like both my parents are ministers, so like um I was going to church every Sunday and I like had like I pretty much had this kind of idea of what life was. And then like as soon as I took like those four tabs, like <laughs> Yeah. Four tabs. Yeah, as soon as I took crazy. that trip, I was just like damn, this is not at all what I thought it was. Like, like, dude, just like reflecting on things that happened in my past, like feeling stuff that like I hadn't felt for years purely because I was still trying to numb myself. Like yeah, weed sure. and acid are so different in terms of like just, just how I took yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. Bro, like, it can be very 100%. similar, but also quite different. Like there's, there's different, really man. a huge wall between them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I just with the weed, man. It was just like, I was just trying not to feel so much. And then like, as soon as I took the acid, I felt like everything all at once. Yeah. That's a pretty so like groundbreaking, a like man. experience, quite a really game changing. Cause we can just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like I get weird. It does this and that, but it's like, it's, 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 it's incomparable in, in a lot of aspects of it. But for me, man, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't work at all. Like it's, it's, it's just, cause when you're, when you're young too, and all the people that you're around are doing it as well. It's so easy to sort of, it's just that peer pressure. Like that's probably the one thing that you get taught in school about it is just the peer pressure. But like, it's a real thing. Like once you actually experience that, it's like, fuck, like it actually is really hard sometimes to say no to things. Like it's really easy to have those things pushed in your face and like say no to it. Like, cause then, cause then like if you're in a group of people that are holding a standard of what, you know, someone should be in that group, usually in, mm. in a male dominated environment, like, you can easily like be shunned or like not be a part of the group because you don't do those things. And it's so unhealthy. 100%, yeah. I, I think that's a big problem in Dunedin, especially yeah, like, like, growing up there, bro. Like your circles kind of like become your tribe in a sense, bro. Yeah. So like you kind of like develop mannerisms. Like, bro, like I found like when I was hanging out with my boys, like we'd talk like in a way that no one else could understand in a sense, like so much. Like you don't even have to say anything to your boys after a while. They just know like you're just like give them a nod. And then yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good to have at least some people there that can understand that when it gets to a boiling wow. point, you can go, it's happening or something, yeah, get pulled away. 100%. Yeah. I guess that's like the gift and the curse of having brothers, bro, because like, mm. it's almost like you outdo each other, <laughs> try to outdo each other. Like, I find with other people, like, you know, binge drinking is a massive thing. I was never a big drinker. Like, I would always just, like, we'd always just try to outbill each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Like as time, like it's so crazy just to see the boys like slowly pull back as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just it's just a maturing thing as well. Like I think everyone's doing that at that age, but that also like 
can be quite negative because that like alcoholism sort of gets ignored or not really talked about in people that age because it is such the norm like with such a huge student culture particularly in Dunedin like people will be abusing alcohol like on a weekly basis but you don't think about it because oh we're just with the boys like this is what we do on the weekend is we're going to go to town we're going to do this so we're going to drink and it's like well I mean that you know it's it's just stigmatized so people don't think twice about it with young people and, and people will perhaps continue that trend because they just all that's all they know that there is to look forward to in the week is going and drinking and that can that can go down some dark pathways 100 percent, bro also the fact that it's legal bro like mm. to the point where you know like that's one thing i've found is like people will like heavily frown on other people for their drug of choice even if they're addicted to their own drug mm. like you know alcohol alcoholics will like heavily frown on like stoners and shit like that but the only difference is one's legal one's not yeah exactly like yeah, exactly some of the coolest people i meet is are stoners man they just kick back play fucking ps4 whatever and then like some of the craziest guns i've ever met are just alcoholics bro yeah yeah and they don't it's, even it's so easy to obtain obviously being legal it's like not you walk into a liquor store you buy 224 packs of spades like no one's questioning anyone doing that you know and that was an interesting wow. point of conversation when the um the weed referendum was going through you know like oh well Who's to say you couldn't go somewhere and and just buy? Because t- I think you you could get a ridiculous amount of of weed in the in the policies that they had for the referendum, and people going well, who who seriously is going to smoke that much weed, and would look at people funny oh, yeah. for it. But like you could do that with alcohol. Alcohol. You see guys going into liquor stores and buying cases on beers and bowls of vodka and thing. No one questions that. Like it's just it's scarily accessible, you know. Bro, it's like you can go in and buy the whole fucking store and no one will bat an eye. But yeah. when you come in, that's, that's the only time they'll get. You could fill up a trolley like, of beer and no one would say anything. <laughs> It'd bro, be a sight, but uh, it'd be like, you can do it. I feel like I'd trust like, someone selling weed. Like They'd be like, nah, man, you've been here like way too much, <laughs> honestly. Whereas, like, an alcohol, like, bro, someone who's serving you in a freaking liquor shop, they're not going to give a fuck. I'd be like, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. exactly, exactly. And, and that... That now, because weed is legal, and and that argument, like it is quite literally like a business in the liquor shop. You know, no one's going to turn down a, a sale essentially. Then no one's thinking about what uh, actually that amount of alcohol is going to do to someone. They're just wanting to profit, so they will sell you as much alcohol as you want. Whereas weed, now that it's illegal, well, has been illegal. People aren't, you know, people are seriously like, okay, well. You know, you've had a fair bit this week. Like you say, you know, I can see you probably don't actually need any more. You know. Definitely, man. Like, I. That would be an interesting point if it did get legalized, whether that would happen, whether people would actually, because I, I, you know, it's, it would still be presumably at least at the start, you know, if you had a store set up to sell um, marijuana and marijuana products, that sort of thing, you'd you'd have people there being like to educate you, which is great. And one of the like driving points for the, for the, um, for the referendum because you can't you don't get that in an alcohol store like if you bring up a case full of vodka bottles up to the checkout no one's going to go hey you probably shouldn't drink that amount of booze bro because that could probably like kill you you know no one's no saying no one that. will say shit bro yeah. a dude will run up and buy like 12 bottles right off and then later won't question it i'd tell you now crazy yeah do some of the shit like obviously they didn't drink it all for themselves but yeah. like what about like the 50 year old alcoholic who's just like guzzling mm. down a bottle of smirnoff every night bro. yeah like, no exactly so interesting, eh? I wonder what it would be like in the student culture, like we're talking about, if the if our drinking age was twenty one. You know, I think probably a huge part around why the drinking culture is so out of hand 
is obviously all the students, but like if, if there was a three-year waiting period for those students to actually be able to buy alcohol, would it actually make a difference? You know, there'd be an inter- I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm for or against that, but it would just be an interesting like other side of the story, I suppose. I personally reckon it definitely would. Like, if you think about it, you grew up in Dunedin, you know, it was like, like, fucking, like, man, I'm not gonna lie, I was getting like full plastered when I was 14. I think, like, when I was 15, 16, I was going through a two, four and a couple of bottles of cider. So, you know, like, no, honestly, yeah. It's so strange it's, looking back on like that age that you started doing something, right? Cause like in, in that moment, you're like, no, like that's, that's cool that all the older people are doing it. Like, you know, all my friends are doing it. Like, let's get it done. And then looking back and it, like, I think I was like 15 when I had a cigarette my first cigarette and I was like what yeah. like looking at 15 year olds now like that are smoking in schools it's like wow, that's that, absurd but that's so I was doing that Loki man so crazy especially like man I think what you said about the uni thing is super huge especially in a place like Dunedin where bro like uni low-key influences like what we go through as high schoolers as well like as soon as you hit like 16 17 you're not going to like uni like high school parties anymore man you're going to fucking castle you're going to hide exactly like your life revolves around those kind of events as well. Yeah. Which is, I mean, if you change the alcohol age to 21, like, that would definitely have a trickle down effect. For sure. You know? like, for sure. You know, yeah. Well, that's the life. thing, like, like people that want to do that are, are in groups or friends with older people in school are going to find a way to weed into it. And there's always going to be those people that are of age that are going to buy alcohol for minors. You know, there's always that friend group or school group style thing that's eventually going to happen. You're right. It'll, it'll come down no matter what, because people are going to want to do it. And especially if it changed now, because there's such an established um, activity, you know, like that, that is the thing to do. So it would take years probably for that to actually sort of fizzle out and actually work its way into older students, because it's just so that uh, everyone wants to do it. Everyone wants to get to uni and start drinking and going to those parties, you know? Yeah, man. Be I interesting think, like, to see how. Thing is like, man, there's nothing to do in Dunedin, man. Like, fuck, when you're a kid, what the fuck are you gonna do, man? Like, on a Saturday night, like, there's nothing to do. How many times can you go to the fucking like, the same the party? Hey, how many times can you go to the same party, man? Like, there's nothing to do except get on the piss, which slowly turns into like going on scenics with the boys. Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, I I've only recently started. To, to be fair. Um, I've been going to gigs a lot more recently. Like I've, I've recently, for the last year or so, I've been working weekends. So my social life has been very a very small window of opportunity. So I've sort of got to the point where I didn't want to go out anymore because I didn't want to work the next day. So as a result of that, I sort of realised, well, why why do I actually need to go to town? What what is it that's actually driving me to do this? Got to a point where I was doing the same thing every weekend. Granted, it was fun being with the people that I was around, but. It's like you end up at the same house in the same club every night in the same line. It's like, I know what you mean, man. Like when I was DJing, like when I was a DJ in dance, bro, like from like the age of like 18 to like just before I left like 20, like I found out like every Saturday, I would always just like finish my set and end up going back to my mate, like one of these plays. Yeah. And just kicking on there like the next day. And I'd like, the next night I'd be like, fuck, what? Wait, what week was this? Exactly. Didn't I do this last week? Didn't I do this last year? Like, but in that case, man, like that was your job, you know, like you, you obviously yeah. got something out of it as well. But I bet you'd be seeing yeah. the same people coming through every weekend like, oh, hello, how's it going? Sorry, <laughs> it kind of got hard because like, after a while, like you'd, like you'd only know these people when they're drunk. And, like, yeah. You see them when you're like, Yeah, that's scary. I'd eh? always be like, oh, what's up, bro? And then like they'd look at me like, why are you talking to me? Yeah, and, and the then they come and wasted, and then they're like, yeah. "Yo, what's up, my bro?" Yeah, and you see them on the week through the street, and it's just a, it's just know, a, what's up? Yeah, it's like, especially because like I never drank, bro. And when I was DJing, I was never like really blazed or anything. Yeah, true. 
so How like I'm always in this over. Yeah. Right, so I'm just like, yo, what's up? And they just like don't even really want to talk. I'm yeah. Just like, Shit, yeah. And the classic like, oh, we should catch up soon. And then when you hit them up sober, like they don't reply or they're just like, yeah. <laughs> and if they want to yeah. get into the gig, they're not. Like, yeah, man. It's dangerous. Eh? It's yeah, dangerous. It's, I know. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. But it's life. Like, yeah. Look, man, I should say congratulations. Recently engaged. Yes, man, I'm recently engaged. How do you feel about that, man? That must be amazing. Oh, man, that's crazy because, like, man, like, me and my, like, fiance have been through so much shit, man. Like, Loki been, like, like not together together, but, like, been seeing each other for, like, close, like, 10 years now as well. Oh, wow. So it's just, like, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Was it, did it get to a point where it's like, this just makes sense to do this? Or was there something that sort of sparked in you to to heart? Presumably you asked. Yeah, I asked, man. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like, I always like, we always talked about it for so long and it kind of just got to the point where it's just like, fuck, like if I don't ask soon, like I'm going to be like 30 and like, (laughs) you know. So I was just like, man, I'm all, sorry, Lou. Flex, man. I'm all about like stability and shit, man. Like at the moment, anyway. But relax. Good. Hey, this is my dog. Oh, Lou, come say hi. Come say hi. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> so cute. Sit there. Um, yeah, he's a cute ass dog. Um, but like, you know, it just hella made sense, bro. And I was just like, I cannot see myself like marrying anyone else and like bro we've been through so much together i've got such a strong bond man it's that's crazy that's so sick that's so that's so i feel like that's so far away for me man i just i haven't had that sort of dynamic like 10 years with someone that's that's crazy to think about man that's crazy just, like we were just, best friends like, such a long time for us so like, yeah, yeah like man can't imagine not having her in my life man yeah that's so sick man that's so sick are you are like are you, yeah good point about like not waiting it out, you know, because it can get to a point where like you do become sort of a certain age and those, those things aren't like as big of an option anymore. It started, man, it started going that way. Like not mm. that big of an option, but it was like not big of a deal. Yeah. Like, sure. it, like that's why with the engagement, like, bro, it was kind of like, it was sick, but it was just like, it was going to happen anyway. Not yeah, in sure. like a, uh, she was going to say yes, but then like, man, we've been talking about this for like a yeah. so long. Just couldn't imagine it going any other way. I think it's yeah, I think it's like, a good thing for people to not necessarily even get married, but just to just get to that point, get to that engagement point can actually be like, because people can be engaged for years. And I think that in between stage is probably actually like the best point you can be in. Because like, 100%. I don't know, you're, you're not fully like committed, but you just know with each other that you've, you want to be, you want to be heading in that direction, you know, it sort of solidifies the whole thing. Yeah. It kind of feels like, like, you know, when it's at the engagement phase, like you guys have made a commitment mm. and like, but you're still at that point and there because of the love and not really because like you signed a contract with each other. Like, yeah, cause sure. the engagement, like we can still break up any day. Man. Exactly. But like exactly. right now we're riding out the love. To be honest. So like, <laughs> does, does marriage itself scare you at all? Oh man. I think I just don't know who I'm going to invite. Like, <laughs> the main thing, like I've been thinking of sick ideas. Like, yeah. um, like I've been wanting to do like a breakfast wedding. Oh wow! So yeah, that would be like, sick. Morning, like you know, get married. I don't know, but I, not many of my friends are morning people. So yeah, yeah, might, might keep some people at home. <laughs> might keep some people. Like, yeah. Do Would you want a small something. wedding? Yeah, but I feel like I'd be it'd be rude if oh, I yeah. if I did because I, there's so many people who like have had like a massive part in mine and my fiance's life. Yeah, that if I didn't invite, it'd be like so rude, and like I would feel bad. Like I wouldn't yeah. be able to like 
you know. It's hard, eh? Because there's so much money that goes into a wedding and like the more people that you invite, <sighs> the more expensive it's going to be, right? But like if you're someone like yourself that knows so many people and have been so many places, like where do you draw the line between the people that you need to have there and not, you know? It's hard. Uh, it's been hard because I'm especially with my workmates over here. Like they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna come to your wedding. Like you're gonna get married here, right?" And I'm like, "Fuck, no way am I getting married here." For oh like really? Twenty people. You'd come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say home, but you'd come back to Dunedin. Yeah, I'd come back home. Yeah, so. definitely come back home. Yeah, yeah. Dunedin always been my home, man. Yeah. How, how do you how do you find? So obviously, this move to Brisbane has has been super beneficial for you. Is it just an opportunity? thing or is it an environmental thing like is Dunedin always going to be home for you and how do you see Brisbane like how what what have you actually like gained from Brisbane because I've known a lot of people that have moved to Australia in particular from New Zealand and and it's either gone really really well like yourself or it's it's gone quite the opposite way where it's actually harder than they thought or didn't think it was going to be what's your experience with that Man, like I'm not gonna lie, it hasn't been easy at all. Like it's, it hasn't, it isn't really like going like well as such. Like I think like I've just managed to live a normal life here, whereas back home like I could not live a normal life. Mm. Like I, bro, I didn't even have like a job when I was in New Zealand. The only oh, really? job I really did was DJ. Yeah, like I, I could not see myself holding down a nine to five back then. Like when I was at home, man, I was so like wild <laughs> and like not a cliche way, but like fuck, I was all over the place, man. Sure. So coming here and like just completely withdrawing, like, I mean, when I was in NZ, like I was always with at least like somewhere between five to 10 of the boys. Like it was never by myself unless it was just me and Georgia, my fiance. But now that I'm here, it's just like, I spent so much time by myself, just looking into myself, like getting to know myself, getting to like, you know, know what I need to change, like digging deep into the past, I guess, like, I guess the biggest thing being over here is definitely an environmental thing. I just needed to get away. Like I didn't see it at first. Like to be honest, I came over here for a holiday because like I was pretty gutted that my partner moved over because I was like pretty much just going to stay in duds. But after coming over here, I was like, damn, like now I've got an opportunity just to switch my life. So it's been such a blessing in disguise. Like, I've missed like all my friends and family like so much. Like the first year was so shitty. Like I remember I left because I bought my plane ticket over here the day I left. Like, oh, really? yeah, I remember, oh fuck. I was, my missus was like, yeah, I'm here. And like, I'm going to say, it's like, that's pretty cool. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to come over. So I did a gig that night, but early in the day I sold my rockets and just like bought a plane ticket. I think I sold yes. my rockets to Anthony Tip. That's yeah, commitment. My rockets to the that's commitment. And just gapped the next day. Yeah. I felt real bad. Because I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to my granddad. Oh, okay. And then a week later, he passed away. Oh, so it was kind of that's, sucks, that's real tough. Yeah. Eh? So and so, and how stuff. typical too, you know? Oh, I know. Because you but start like, thinking about how much time like you got to be around them when you were actually home uh, and what you sort of take for granted. Definitely what you take for granted. That was a huge thing with me, man. Like my granddad like moved down to Dunedin. I felt like you know, I was still in my kind of like druggy phase. So I was like still billing up, taking tabs. So like I hardly ever really saw him and he was there for like a year. I probably saw him like not that often. I had a flat, so I stayed there and like, you know, didn't even come back for the funeral purely because I had job interviews and I just knew that like if I came back, I would stay back. Yeah, well, look, man, an example of that is me. I I, I moved to Melbourne in 2016 really impulsively and I found it really hard to, to find work there for one, but 
just in, in terms of what we're talking about now, my Nana had passed away a couple of months after I'd moved there. I thought, oh, this, this is how, how typical is this, you know, because I didn't really know anything. Nothing was really going wrong before I left. I didn't really think twice about grandparents, you know, and, uh, and ended up doing that, even ended up coming back home for the funeral. And prior to making that decision, when sort of I heard the news, I started thinking, well, this isn't working out for me anyway. I think I will just move back home. And that was sort of like almost the point at which I was definitely like, yeah, no, I, I have to move home. It's not working out anymore. But that that was what happened for me. So here I am still, but I could have still been in Melbourne if that hadn't happened. So it's just it's just how you deal with it, you know. And so hard coming over here though, bro, because mm. like it's quite similar to home, but like it's so different. And like, yeah. you know, you pretty much have to start again and like half the shit you've done back home doesn't really matter. Like, especially if you're just working like normal jobs and not really like, you know, got it like anything based on a degree. Yeah, for sure. Like, right. It was just like, I moved over here, bro. I fucking had to work like, I knocked on doors for like the first two months. Mm. Like two just months. selling That's power rough. to people, yeah. which was so shit. Cause like oh, I acclimatized really quick. I'll tell you that. Yeah, for like, sure. Shit was mad hot over here. And then like, you know, fuck, it was not easy at all to set off. So like, man. I'd never really done much of the job hunting before I had moved to Brisbane. Like I've had my job since I was like six, 17 when I was in school. And that was barely an interview. Cause I pretty much got the job because of my dad. But, um, coming to Melbourne and having to look for work was not something I'd ever done before. So to having walk down these streets and go into these shops in a new city and getting rejection after rejection after rejection was really tough. Like it's so weird people saying no to you like repetitively. It actually gets like, and that's part of the reason why I get so like, you know, sick and thinking twice about what I was doing there because it was like, oh my God, why are so many people saying no to me? But that's just, just how it goes. It's usually yeah, people you go, know. Yeah. It's usually people you know, especially in duds. Like mm. the, you usually get your like jobs and connections through people that you know yeah. already. Yeah. I, I could ask any of my friends how they got their job and it'd be through someone that they know. And that's just, that's just how it goes. You know, unless you're a star pupil with a full resume, then you probably, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get so far. How did you stumble into your job at Adidas? Oh, uh, uh, well, I've only been working at Adidas for a year. I pretty bro, it was actually crazy. Like, uh, last year I had like a really bad year. Like, I probably left the house like twenty to thirty times the whole oh, year. Really? And then I started getting like when well, my my father's family just came over and they like kind of helped me get back on my feet. And so I was like, oh, I kind of want to go and apply for jobs. And I was doing like just casual laboring at this stage. So like, I went into this mall and I just took my CV into like every shop. And I was like, kind of like hella like down on myself and kind of like nervous. So. Mm. I kind of just like didn't even think anything of it. But it's like weird trying to sell yourself. I, applied, bro, I know, but everywhere that I applied, call me back and offer a job, bro. No like, shit. Every single shop. So I was just like, oh shit. Maybe I'm not like some weird ass introverted ass guy. That's <laughs> so crazy. Like, it's like yeah, the opposite so I of what pick, I was saying. Bro, I don't know. Like, man, it was crazy because I had to pick between, in the end, between platypus, crocs, <laughs> and any <Adidas. laughs> Crocs. And, yeah. What did bro, it come so down to? Like aesthetics or, or oh, pay? Bro. Ah, definitely the aesthetics, man. You know, Crocs were just so comfy. So I had to, like, it was hard tops up between Crocs and ADS, <laughs> man. But, That's nah, sick, like, That's it's so lucky that they happened to you, man, that you yeah. had options for, for work. Yeah. But so that was kind of cool. And it's been really good to work in retail and just get used to talking to people again, especially after yeah, not dude. talking to anyone but my PlayStation friends list and my missus for like 10 months. That was so good. That's so sick, man. That's that's so ideal. Yeah. 
Um, how did you, how did you, um, through lockdown and everything, how has that affected you? COVID, I should say, not right. lockdown. What's the situation where you are at the moment? Shit. Well, COVID, like, we're not too bad right now, but like lockdown was so like niggly for me because it was kind of when I was just starting to establish my decent habits again. So after like two to three months working, like, they're just like, oh, shit, we're locking down. And I was like, oh, damn, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I was just like, had so much planned and I downloaded all this music. Shells, I'm going to make music. Hard. And then Loki, I just smoked weed the entire <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> like, it got to a point where I was like smoking an ounce minimum a week. And I was just like, fuck, nah, fuck this. And it was all high grade ass shit. So, like, my mind was all over the place. Yeah. But blessing in disguise, I got caught with a plant. And so, like, I just had to cut shit from there. Yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird when reality sets in again because you can get so complacent when with things right. like that when they are illegal. You just get a bit too comfy, and then you're like, I was just oh, like, right, like I should have that on me, <laughs> bro. But the, guess what day they pulled up on me, bro? It was April the nineteenth, man. So it was the day before four twenty, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was sort of meant to be. I was so know? gutted. It was so gutted, man. And then that's, bro. And then my, that same day, like, I was just like, nah, fuck it. I had to go suss a bag. Yeah. So like, I went and tried to suss a bag that night, bro. And um, I took my dog for a ride. My dog's a bit crazy. Like, he's, he's a rescue, so he's a bit wild. And we're driving down the street, bro, and I left the window down. And he jumps out the fucking car, like, and attacks another dog, bro. No shit. Like, full bore attacks another dog. Jeez. No bleeding or anything. But yeah. it was just like, oh, my fucking God, this is a sign. Like, yeah. don't do this shit. So, yeah. like, I was like, nah. Yeah. Do you take that sort of stuff quite literally, like signs and things? Like you really thought, okay, oh, you know. I definitely kind of do, but like it's more like a sign to myself. Like maybe not like some supernatural ass shit, sure. but it's more just something that I like kind of be like, if I didn't go out there that day, the chances are nothing would have happened to me. Yeah, like sure. To my dog. Yeah, hard. If I wasn't chasing that bag, would I have really stumbled into that situation? <laughs> That's so <laughs> true. fucking... I guess if a situation like that even just makes you think that, then it probably is something that you should consider. You now, if you're like, oh man, like Bro. that's probably just happened for a reason. Why am I thinking about uh, this? Yeah. And I was so gutted. I was just like, fuck. Like, cause I, I don't know how the laws were here. I thought I was going to like, get my dog like destroyed mm. or some shit. Bro. Yeah. Is it well, a bit like harsher in Australia? Like the police? I think so. Oh, definitely harsher. In terms of weed and shit, I think so. Yeah. Um, Like, Thank fuck the courts and shit. Like we're just like, nah, yeah, you seem like you're all good. Yeah. So we're not gonna give you a conviction. And so I was just like, thank the gods. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, the coppers came in and they were just like straight up like, nah, yeah. I I cooperated and everything with it, like, nah, yeah, we gotta do yeah, sorry. Yeah. I think it's the best thing to do is just go, mm, just do what you gotta do rather than like fuck. make a scene. Yeah, because I was I wasn't gonna like you know potentially get deported or anything. I was yeah. like, I legit thought I was gonna get deported. I went into the state of mind where I was just like, fuck, like, bro, it was so shit. I got caught in April. My court date wasn't until August. No shit. So I just sat there, kind of like, ah, oh, shit, shit. That's a like, lot of time to waiting think, to get deported. Yeah. Bro. I know, but it was it was so good. I'm just starting to come out of that mindset now as well. This whole like crazy ass shit. Yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. So what what sparks your interest in music again? Is it just something you just been like I, I, is it because of something that's happened over lockdown nah i'm not gonna lie I've, I've still been making music like the whole time i've been in australia but like it hasn't been like to my standards like sure. i always like make something and i like delete it halfway through or like you know i've probably made an album or shit they just got deleted in the last uh, like month or two yeah 
but like i don't know man if it doesn't resonate with me if i don't vibe it like nah it's just going straight in the trash bro yeah and fair enough man and like you you it's it's got to meet your own standards right like no one's going to tell you otherwise like to someone else it could have been like why are you throwing this away this is so hot like what are you doing but if it doesn't work for you what's the point in doing you know you've got to reach a point where you're happy with what it is that you've made right I think that's a step that I've started to take right now. It's like, like I'm trying not to be as much of a perfectionist. Like I'm just trying to like see, like I found that I was answering, asking myself different questions. Like when I was making shit, I was like, how can I make this perfect? How can I, you know, do this? But now I've kind of like changed the way I think about music. I'm just like, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough. So I've kind of like started to set like a little benchmark of where it needs to be sure, in order to, you know, be releasable, which is just better than the last thing. Yeah. How much um, people do you have around you in that space? Like, is it purely a solo mission, or have you got people that can you can feed off or or show things to? Man, I legit just show things to the boys back home. That was like the main thing. Like, all the boys definitely got an album or two worth of shit from me. Like, <laughs> sitting in the fucking messenger. But, and, that, um, and that's the opinion you want the most, right? As people, bro. Because man, yeah, definitely. Like, I've only recently like started to tap in with some musicians like i got um i like this is photographer dude that i've been friends off on facebook for like a few years and i just hit him up ran the other blue sent him my shit he fucked with it heavy and then started sending it to his bros and now i've got like a few dudes that i've been you know going back and forth with sending shit back with man i actually had one musical friend that i made here when i first got here bro this dude called raymond uh ray raymond ladon that's his name on like in spotify and shit go check him out he's Plug. but um yeah me and him link bro and like it's actually like a fucking brother man like we met like only three or four times but like we're legit like brothers crazy you shit. just know straight away sometimes with the people eh? bro like we talked once or twice on facebook before we moved here and then like i hit him up just out the blue and i was like yo bro what are you doing how's your music going he's like it's going good man i just moved to brisbane like where are you at these oh, days shit. and i was just like Fuck, yeah, okay. that's meant to be that's a huge sign yeah <laughs> So, yeah. so man he's been like a massive influence on me massive inspiration like awesome. we've been sending each other hella shit that's so good and yeah. he's been just he's been the one that's been going you need to finish your shit can't yeah 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 it's so good to have that eh? because like as good as, it, good as it is like we were saying to to you know uh make the work to your standards it's also really good to get someone else to come in and go oh cool or like maybe do this or that or at least have some sort of influence or something else that can drive it as well because you can get so caught up in your own sort of tunnel vision about what something should be that you actually do need a bit of feedback in a lot of cases i think that's healthy to be spreading the stuff that you're working on around like that right 100 percent, man like i found it's a team thing it's not a solo sport it's a team thing bro all the guys that are like the most successful dudes all got teams behind them. They've all got people that they can send their shit to and like, you know, guys that motivate them and that they motivate. So like, that's one thing I've been working on, especially is trying to like build connections and, you know, like make this a team sport rather than just like fucking solo squad. Yeah, definitely. That's super important. Eh? You you look like you've been making a lot of beats for people recently. You said a lot of stuff you've been posting is as other people's work. How do you find that side of music, like not doing stuff necessarily for yourself, or is it, or is it like you've made a beat of your own and sent it to someone and they've liked it? Like, what's the process there? Man, I always have been more of a collaborative artist. Like even in Dunedin, like it was always just make a status who would come around. Even some bro, like I've got tunes for days that i've made with random people that have just walked off the street <laughs> hopped up my room and laced tracks and they actually Sick. sound solid Sick. so like, i guess it's just been co-op in terms of making music i 
definitely work better with people than without people. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it's been good, like starting to make tunes here in Australia with people. Do you find you you say you're sending things around a lot, like when you're working with um, another artist, is it, what am I trying to say? I guess, it, would you rather have someone in the studio with you or is it much easier to just make a beat and send it to them and let them do something? Like when you're making man, a beat, is, can you feed off someone that's like making lyrics for it? Man, like I'd, I'd much rather make it with someone there, man. Like it's all energy and just yeah. like sharing vibes, bro. Like Definitely. that's really what I want to do is capture a vibe. Like I'll always just think, what vibe are we catching? What vibe, like bro, like I find it hard to make music with people I don't know. Yeah. Or is like, it, you know, is that the reality of, of what it's like how, oh God, what am I trying to say? Is that the reality of um, like actually, oh, I've forgotten how I was going to form my question. When you, Yeah, so obviously like having someone in the studio there, that's going to be way more enjoyable for the both of you. Like the the making the beat and sending it away, like what, is that, what does that feel like? Like is it kind of a lossless media like man, do you kind of like oh man like this would be so much better if you were here to tell me that you wanted that rather than going back and forth i imagine that's quite tedious no nah, well pretty pretty much like what i try to do is like every day i try to make at least two to three maybe four beats yeah. and i'll just like i've got a few people that they'll be like yo you got any beats or I'll, I'll make a beat and then like majority of the beats that i make end up going to people so that we can collaborate on them so that i get like right. real hook or lay interest on them yeah so it's like sending an impression right it's like, yeah, bro, it's like sending an impression and I've already set like the vibe that I think and I just like send it to someone else and like half the time they will send me like some dope ass shit that I never would have thought of. Mm. And then it's just that's, like kind of... Sorry, go. No, you go, you go, bro. I was going to say that's, that's the modern day <laughs> music making, isn't it? The reality yeah. of today's is just like sending beats around. It's not going, hey, I want to make a song with you. You should come to the studio and I'll make a beat for you on the spot. It's like, yeah. oh, this is what I've had here for a week. Do you like this, you know? Yeah, and, and it's like, it was, I kind of don't rate it, man, because, like, man, I grew up, like, in bands and shit, like, with my boys, like, Albion in place. So it was always, like, a collaborative process. And that sits, man, so. Yeah, man, it makes a lot more just, sense that way, yeah. Like, isn't as dope, man, because I can't, like, I can't, like, vibe what you're vibing. Mm. Especially if someone sends me an open verse, like, I don't know how to hit it unless, like, I ask you and you, say, like, give me three or four words and then I go off that. Yeah, hard. but yeah. Yeah, it can be tricky. It's way more organic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, this could be the reality. I guess the way of the world, bro. Yeah, and and just with COVID stuff too, man, like that might just be how you got to do it for a while and that's just you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even like most of the shit I'm making right now that like I'm probably looking at releasing is just collabs with people overseas and New Zealand. Yeah, so would it be something like a project of your own under your name, but just sort of a list of tracks by other artists? Oh, uh, no, it's pretty much a well, project under features. my name. Yeah. yeah, me and features here and there, but I'm, I'm kind of just working on singles at the moment, honestly. Yeah, I think that's that's good, though, especially if you know you're working on something, excuse me, bigger in the future. If you can keep people's attention by releasing singles, that's good, like, headway, and it keeps 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 you in the loop of everyone and yourself even to be like, okay, well, I'm still making music. I'm still getting gratification while I'm working, not just sort of getting forgotten about while you're taking like a long period of time to get to like a full project, you know? Definitely, man. Yeah. And then like, man, with this music shit, like, man, it's like, uh, not only is it like just like a, like a release, 
of like emotion and shit but it's like man you're putting shit out into the world that like people are gonna it's probably gonna be on these streaming services and shit for hundreds of years maybe, uh, maybe not hundreds yeah it's gonna well, be out there for a long time bro. Yeah. so it's just like what a, like do you really want some trash up there yeah yeah for sure yeah you got to be sure that's why i'm just kind of like working on these singles kind of thing like because it's so much pressure making an album yeah like obviously not right now like i haven't got my buzz or any shit like that but it's so much pressure putting something out there as a whole cohesive project and i'm, I'm a guy who like grew up on albums mm. like so fuck i take you know that shit seriously it has to like be a cohesive kind of project man yeah definitely definitely i just i just saw today it's the i think the 10 year anniversary, of, anniversary um, yeah. of my beautiful darkness of fantasy yeah was that an album that you throw Oh, bro. Calafrost, man. Yeah. I'm like one of the big, I easily say I'm one of the biggest Kanye fans in the world. Really? Like, I, there was a few, there's a few apps where, like, I held the record for, I was top in the world for Kanye, it was trivia. No um, shit. Multiple, like, kind of quiz apps. Yeah, man. Shit. <laughs> for like some time. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, big influence for you then. Yeah. Heavy. That's heavy. crazy. I just think his approach to, like, making multiple, like, genres of music, but, like, all, making it all fit under one umbrella has been, like, crazy. Yeah, man. that is crazy. How do you perceive him now as opposed to, like, his earlier <sighs> work? Well, like, you know, he's, like, I know he's going through that mental shit, so I can't look at him the same way mm. as, like, you know, I did back in the past because he's, he's not the same guy. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, the loss of his mother in, like, 2008, I think it was, like heavily, man, that changed him for good. Like I, I know that as soon as he lost his mum, he didn't even grieve, bro. He had like a month or two, hopped in the studio, just made eight oh eights and heartbreaks, yeah. and that was his kind of grieving process. Yeah, it's so crazy, like, yeah. man, it's 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 been so crazy to watch someone. Bro, his whole life is art, bro. Like his life is art. Just, it's man. a pretty crazy story to follow, eh? It's a crazy story to follow, bro. And even seeing his come up, car crash, car yeah. crash era. Yeah, and man. then crazy to be able to to deal with, like you say, making that album after the passing of his mum. Like to to be able to to obviously that's his way, I presume, of of getting through something like that is just to do what you're there to do, not to like, well, not not that he's 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 serving any sort of purpose, I suppose, in the in the grant, or you know, is, is obligated to do anything to that regard to into into what plays into his status and his role. But like, to be able to just put your emotion into the work is just is just crazy, you know. Rather than taking the time to to really grieve, which granted he probably did, but to to flip that and turn it into something that like he makes, it's pretty impressive. But in turn into one of the greatest albums of the 21st century yeah, so far. Yeah. I need to go back and listen to some of that stuff, eh? Because I think that was one of the albums that slipped under for me. Yeah, yeah. 808s, bro. If you listen to it, like he could release that album today and it would be just as amazing. Yeah. Like, I'll probably sound like a broken record. Like, a lot of people have said this, but a lot of artists would not be here had it not been for that album. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, down. Oh, you've, you've got me hooked now. I'm going to have to go and check it out. And bro, one I'm thing, telling you, have a listen, man. Yeah. I, um, I'd I'd had a lot of Kanye pushed down my throat in high school. Not to say that I didn't like it. I definitely liked his music. But a lot of people that I was hanging out with in school really bummed like some of his older stuff and to the point where it's just constantly playing like any party, like anything. It was always like those old albums of his and just got to the point where it sort of wore real thin for me and never took the, my own time to sort of actually listen to the album on my own and listen to it through. So like my my attitude towards Kanye was very sort of mellow for a while and then Jesus came out and then I woke Damn. up and I was like, okay, this is something really different. Like something that I didn't even think was like 
possible with music, if that makes any sense. Like hearing that for the first time was like, what? Like, what is this? In like a really good way. It's like, holy crap. (laughs) It was amazing, bro. That album's really special to me, man. I find like I usually like link music with times in my life. But when my grandma passed away, she passed away the week before Jesus dropped. Oh, really? So like, man, I drove up to the North Island from Dunedin and we just drove and caught the ferry across. But man, like Jesus dropped and leaked like the day after the funeral, the day before the funeral, man. So like that was all I was listening to for the rest of the year. And being being so, in such a vulnerable state when something that crazy gets thrown on your lap as well would make it all the more nostalgic for you as well. Bro, definitely. And like, I think a good thing for me was just like, I kind of like, oh, I'm not gonna lie, it semi-influenced how I dealt with pain from that point on. Like, instead of like being like quite sad, like the album was so aggressive, bro, that I just like was just so like, mm. I was just so, like, <laughs> not nah. even phase one. That's crazy. Fuck emotion. Yeah, yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> but you come back to something like that. That doesn't really leave your playlist for a while. Like, if, you, nah, if that caught you the first time, it's not going anywhere. And that's what happened for me. It's crazy. Definitely, man. That album is crazy. Like, from start to finish, like, top to bottom, amazing album. Yeah. What's your favorite track on the album, bro? Uh, Guilt Trip was probably the one that oh, played the most for me. Yeah, definitely. Man, Cuddy's, Cuddy's part is so good, yeah, man. Very nice, very at, nice. At and the time, I hell on Guilt Trip, but I super loved I'm In It and Blood on the Leaves. Mm. But now going back, like, I think I must have been, like, driving and, like, falling asleep and, like, Guilt Trip was playing in the background and, like, it always just has, like, a Just that sample. Kind of That's what it did for me, just that sample. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. I, I found like when I first listened to the album, there was about half the tracks that I really liked and listened to heaps. And the more that I neglected the other tracks, when I eventually came back to them just through other playlists and shuffles and things, I thought, oh, Jesus, like this I is too good. I'm nearly feeling like on site. I didn't really like so much when it came out, but then coming back to that, yeah. it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. See, I respect on site, but like, I, I, like I, on site and I'm a god, like my two, like Loki and the ones I don't like as much on that album. Yeah. The super synth heavy, it's super synth heavy, yeah. and like they've both aged pretty well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was yeah, a crazy album, and, and the artwork of it too. That real like minimalist thing. <laughs> that minimalistic album cover so cool. was just, yeah. bro, amazing. So sick, amazing man. Yeah, what what would probably what would be your least favorite of his, like in terms of an album? <sighs> Oh, like has every album has resonated with you in such a way, or have you been like, nah, not every album? I'm gonna say yay, probably. Yeah, that was I just felt be like my not, yeah. not only was like the release just crazy all over the place, but the music was hella all over the place. Like I remember, like I was at work and I was like sitting there serving customers, watching the live stream when he first played it, <laughs> and like it was just that didn't hit me yeah like the, the, the first environment to listen to an album right, I know. <laughs> but like it was a live stream and like i didn't want to like, you know, like mess i couldn't it, watch course. it when i got home yeah, bro. like this yeah. was before dudes were screen recording everything yeah yeah that's crazy so i was just like bumping and like no one really cared it was just like a, this was when i was working at a computer store as well so like yeah. just give me my parts yeah just for sure yeah I, I yeah nothing really clicked with me at all with that album like I mean, on on a surface level, like because I sometimes when I listen to music, or I'd say most of the time when I listen to music, it's really like a face value sort of thing. Like I think I'm I'm typically a hate to admit, but I typically am a judge a book by its cover kind of person. So listening to something through the first time, um, I really have to try and get past that and listen through it again. And often when I'm listening to music, it's purely just 
how the song feels rather than what it's actually talking about. I don't often listen to lyrics and things. So I'd be interested with me saying that that's one of my least favorite albums, actually going back and really trying to listen to the lyrics of it because there could be something embedded in that that I didn't really click with the first time. Did you find anything within the album like that? First track, I thought about killing you. Um, mm. Honestly, like he has a spoken word section at the start and playing over the synths, it was so good. Like yeah. I was like, damn, this is so good. And I like, kept straight away, hopped on my status and I was just like, can't you just release the best album of this <laughs> discography? Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. And then like the next day I was like, fuck, this is mid. <laughs> like I was like, nah, not giving this another listen. And I like haven't really properly listened, but I've gone back and listened to a couple of songs. Yeah, I, think, like, yeah, I always try down. to do that because I find, I find when I actually do go back to an album a lot of the time, having already heard it and not sort of having that new fresh take on it, you actually sort of start to open up things a bit more. You get more used to the feel of something and can start to understand it a bit more. So I'd be interested to do the same, go back and see what the actual idea was behind it but you never know with with kanye these days and hence my question about how do you perceive him now because he really is just a, an all over the place and 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 not to his own ability uh sorry to his own means sometimes i suppose and you know it's, it can be like beyond his album, control man. yeah that's so true my thing with yay was like if you think about like how crazy was the life of pablo how crazy was mm. that rollout and mm. that shit fucking slaps but like honestly, yay! I listen to that shit. It doesn't even like barely tap, bro. Like fuck, right. that one. It does not knock nearly as hard as the rest of the discography. And I think like there are a couple. There definitely are some highlights, but like man, even lyrically, like so weak compared to the rest of his album. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just an opinion. So if anyone like yeah, yeah, me for that. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I mean, I I was in Melbourne when I listened to that album. So a big part of that album yeah. for me is kind of a nostalgia thing as well. And and sometimes that's that's the reality of music in a lot of cases why someone likes something because they're in the right place at the right time. But a, a lot of like my my interpretation going into that album was like cuz that was after that was after Jesus, right? So it was Jesus then Life of Pablo. Nah, that was that was after yeah, it was after oh, it was after Life of Pablo, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, you talking about Life of Pablo? Yeah? yeah, Life of Pablo came out after Jesus, oh, yeah. right? Life of Pablo dropped after Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So my my interpretation going into Life of Pablo that, that it was going to be like Jesus two essentially. That's at least that's what my hopes were. I didn't really know what I was expecting, yeah. but I was like, if it's anything like that, I'm going to enjoy it. And it was, but it wasn't. Like I, I think because yeah. I had that thought in my head, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I can see how it's sort of spinning off. But yeah, there's definitely some throwaways on that track. But there's definitely like some hits, like Freestyle Four off that was probably oh, the one I listened to the most coming off that. Just slabs, man. I the one with the weekend as well. That was probably in my playlist. Oh, FML. That yeah, that's so yeah. good, man. Yeah, um, that whole album, like I loved so much. In all honesty, the first kind of times I listened to it, but I wouldn't say it hasn't aged well. But like, it's I feel like that was played to death, man. Yeah, I think that album had the most hype around any album that I've been in the yeah, echo chambers of right. because like that well, i think because jesus was so groundbreaking like like yeah. we say we loved it so much that people had that expectation for the next one and like seeing the trackless names and the fact that he had a name for so long and then changes it last minute beforehand it's like what is happening here like this is this is so I kanye yeah just because it went through like dynamic. three different stages i think when it first started off it was called so help me god that was when he released um the all day single oh, really i didn't hear that title like, yeah, right. Yeah, it was called So Help Me God to start off with in 2014, I think he released all day. And then I can't remember what, like he had so many different changes. 
changed it to swish maybe the day before yeah that and then waves about yeah yeah and then finally the life of pablo interesting like, interesting name to to finish up on do you know how he came how he fell on that i think just talking to a few people on ktt um it was kind of like apparently it's meant to be like a gospel story right. in some way like but i don't know man well yeah well that that was a thing like if it if it is a title that is you know related to what the album's supposed to be about but you've only really just made that song was it to do with that at all or was that the idea you just didn't want to call it that you know that's what i couldn't get past it's like how can you change it to a name like that and then say that there's a story if perhaps there was no forethought in the in the story at all you know and that just changes the whole his own perception of the album that potentially that's that's just a crazy change to make i think man i think like i don't know like i was talking to a friend about this a while ago and he told me that like um oh no i think he's just putting it out and because i remember when he dropped it he said oh this is going to be like a living work of art i'm going to consistently change this Mm. um my friend was like nah he's just kevin he's saying that shit because he does not want to release a shitty album yeah for sure like he's like that's an excuse and i was like nah this is art bro Like I think there were like genius. two remasters on the album. Is that right? I think yeah. there was like freestyle. Change the snare on Father Stretch My Hands a couple the, times. That, that yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He added St. Pablo. Oh, I don't know if it was St. Pablo, but he added that at the end. Oh, and he's sure, he, on Wolves. He updated Wolves a couple times. Mm. And on the final version, I think he separated um, Frank Ocean's section from the rest of the song. Oh, really? So that was a change. Yeah. So Frank's track now that frank's tune or whatever it is where he sings the last part of wolves it's its own like kind of interlude right now so yeah that was a crazy ass album that wolves track got me really excited because that was in some that was in his fashion show before yeah that that was a fashion show yeah yeah. watching that i think that might have been in the fashion show before the fashion show where he leaked the album Oh, I think right. that was like that was early, bro. Yeah, like 2015. I think. Yeah, I remember it being about. a lot way earlier than when the album actually came out. I was thinking, oh, okay, this is sounding really nice, but didn't exactly translate to the rest of the album. I don't think, but still. <laughs> I feel like on Walls, especially, bro. He went through so many different revisions, and I'm yeah. so mad. Yeah. The last revision he went with definitely wasn't the best one. <laughs> like, it's a shame, mate. Eh? It, it's it's quite because frustrating. There were so many revisions that were so good just before. Yeah, the yeah, that's tough, eh? And you get so used to the original version as well that it's you know it, it might be a, a better change to him, but to a lot of the listeners, it's probably like, uh, it's like no, bro, we like the first on, one. Man. Yeah, all good to maybe add another version, but to actually remove one and, and add on another, it's like. But that concept yeah. is is interesting, and in how that really like defines modern day music and streaming right how the fact that you can add and remove things on those platforms and then not in like a physical copy you know that's really like defining how music is consumed these days because you can't once you've printed thousands of records you can't go back and and change a track you know it is what it is if someone buys it they've got the original version you know I mean, yeah, I've been with a few songs since then as well. Like, I don't remember if you remember The Race by Take Yeah, Yep, of course. I remember like, dude, when that dropped, like the original was so good, the flute was so nice, and then they came back and changed it, and I was like, fuck. Oh, really? Oh, I wonder which version yeah. I heard then. I just, the, I think it was just always the YouTube one because it always used to come on at parties yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so. the music video one, yeah. I don't right. know which one I would have heard. Like, when they changed it, I just like, damn, it doesn't hurt as hard. Yeah. What is, what, is he like, still in jail? 
Yeah, he's still in jail. I think he got a 50 year bid, min, <sighs> minimum. That's Bro, which is low key such a waste. Like, yeah. I know he was like a savage ass kid, but like, damn. Like, it's a shame, eh? Yeah. 50 years from now, I wonder if we'll get another Take A track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> race. Race part two. Classic track. Classic track. Classic track. Definitely classic. Definitely inspired a lot of tunes that we had. Yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. I got thrown around quite a lot. And that's, I think a lot of music came from that. Just the real simple flute melody and just like keeping it real basic Hard-knocking and catchy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah so. It's like he simplified the um, kind of, what's it called, the formula that Pierre Bourne had already mm, made. Mm. Which was bad. Which is crazy because his formula seems so simple. So simple already. Yeah. I know what you mean, man. But like, I don't know, like Pierre Bourne's beats, they have like a certain like vibe, bro. They're like a theory definitely. type shit, man. Yeah. And, and like, then, the, like the kicks that he's using in the 808s, that sort of like delayed kick drum. Is sort of yeah, what he's implemented, mean, which makes us a bit more distinctive and just like the, yeah. the repetitive hi hats and things. But like he, yeah, it's crazy how you can make that something seems so simple but so original. And, but and like all of the, a lot of the production that he did on the Playboy Cardi album um, mm. involved a lot of really just like, like two kicks and a four or even eight bar loop and then just like hi hats and just like a really repetitive reverse melody and like that was it but it was like yeah at least for even me like it was like, that's so sick. It's, just like yeah. it's literally Crazy. Like, it sounds like three tracks and a flute yeah it's just four a notes snare, and eight a bass yeah sample ding, 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 and a flute and gets a fucking goes platinum there we go <laughs> i think that's what i find with like what i love about this current trap show right now it's just like it's so it's not like effortless it's just like it's 100 percent in the moment yeah sure like it's just like you know you you either can do it or you can't do it it's not something that you can like practice your ass off for years and yeah, years and get amazing at it. like definitely. look at cardi dude just like pretty much just dribbles on a track it's yeah like, yeah exactly it sounds amazing but like when you look at that as an art form you know people that say oh he's just speaking a lot of gibberish he's just making noises that's an art form that he's chosen to pursue and he's done it and he's done it well and that's how he likes his music and wants it to be perceived and people are enjoying it so that in itself sort of explains why it's so good because he's he hasn't he's not just not caring about it he's going okay, well, I like the way that this sounds and this is what yeah. I want my track to sound like and people enjoy and it like, and that's man, all there is to it. The way he fucks with his voice too. Mm. Like, man, his baby voice, like um, on like Pissy Pamper with yeah, Young Moody. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And, like, bro, even, I'm not going to lie, like, fuck, when Pay 1993 dropped, I was like, nah, this is, bro, you, you fumbled this one. But over time, it's just like shit. Like this is like you actually did some artistic type shit yeah. on this, bro. Like, yeah, I, I was the same. He like I, took thugger's shit and just went like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, no, he did it well. I I quite like that track from the get go. That that Drake one, but yeah, I it's it's quite a unique thing to be doing and sort of like plays into the the this generation of internet culture and things as well, and almost like meme culture because that's how it grabs attention as well for people basically laughing at it, you know. But then people come round because they like it ironically and then they just like it because they just like are constantly listening to this thing that they think is funny. Right, 100%. Yeah, I think I that's guess where a lot of his fandom comes from. Like bro, after t- over time you also start to like realise like or not realise but like kind of like understand like the artistic choices that they're making. Yeah, exactly. Like after listening to that, bro, I can't imagine any other fucking verse on that song. Yeah. Like I can't he couldn't have done any differently, like to be honest. He did that perfectly. He came in so like Yeah. <laughs> it is a nice verse for sure. Yeah. I think um I think a a lot of like 
the simplistic beat thing that we're talking about as well. I think a lot of what is happening there, at least this, this is just a, a presumption, but like a lot of the time the artists are really just focused on the lyrical content. So aren't a lot of the time super focused on what the beat is sounding like. Obviously it's a big part of music, especially trap music nowadays. But I think also a lot of the time, like they've probably already got the lyrics to go. They just need something easy to sing it onto. They're not too worried about how complex, because if the beat's too complex, then there's not a lot of room for someone to actually like do vocals on it, you know? So you have to keep it sort of tight in it. Yeah. Especially like, and like, like you said, like today's era, like it's all about writing the beat, bro. It's not about like doing too much on those trap type beats. It's like you're setting a, like the beats there, you're setting a tone. Like you're just finishing it off, man. You're just adding your like little fucking on the top. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that's probably harder for a lot of beat makers in that case because you're not, if you're not a lyricist, if you're purely just making beats, it can be hard to actually like, reach what you think is an end result or where you, where you actually think something is worthy to send to someone because you're constantly just looking at the beat itself, not what the song can be and can end up being too much, you know, because it can be super impressive to someone, but you're at that point, you're kind of only really competing with other producers to be like, oh, well, look what I've done with this. When in reality, yeah, all that needed I mean, to be done was just keep it a bit more skeletal and leave a bit more room. Bro. I mean, that's one thing I've noticed with like the baby's beats is like, mm. bro, there's like fuck all happening in there and that's the way he likes it. Yeah. Like, I think there was something about um, Jetson made it. I can't remember what track it was, but, like, he only gave him, like, five minutes. He's like, you got five minutes to make this beat. And then, like, he was adding in all this shit, and he's just like, no, take that out, take that out, take that out. And wanted it super, super yeah. freaking minimal. I think Bop is so minimal, bro. It's literally just an 808, a flute, a snare, and a couple other things. Like, it's, I it's that fuck one. all, man. Yeah. Well, that that's – because – and another big part of, of hip-hop music and trap music is just 808s now. So if you can have yeah, a decent 808 pattern, sometimes that's all you need. There's so many tracks that are literally just an 808 pattern playing like in the background. Like I think one of, um, you know, the motto by Drake and Lil oh, Wayne Drake, yeah. take, that Take Care album. There's like yeah. a, I didn't realize until I saw um, the beat b- breakdown of that song that there's actually no... There's no instruments at all. It's just no, the bass just playing that, that melody. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. How did I not even notice that? Like, that's how powerful that is to use that as a melodic tool. So interesting. Yeah. That's like Bay Area type shit. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's a good album too, at least in my yeah, opinion. Do you Frost Drake a bit? I don't know why I say Froth. Yeah, I never say Froth. And for some, all of a sudden I'm saying Froth for some reason. But do you like that album? Do you like Drake? I heavy, I heavy use, like, fucks with Drake, man. Like. Bro, like I'm a big Drake fan. I'm not gonna lie. Like over the years, I kind of like fell off here and there, and like questioned his choices. And like I'm mm. a big Pusha T fan. So yeah, huh. like obviously I put Pusha Pusha aside in that beef. Daytona was a was honestly almost a flawless album. So of course, I'm gonna pick that, <laughs> that is a good. What was that Scorpion that dropped that year? Yeah, was that Scorpion that he made in response or whatever? Like man, I'm man. Daytona's uh, Daytona. Yeah, uh, I think so. Because that was after Views, right? I thought that beef was sort of around the views. Oh, no, time. More life, more life was after views. Oh, more, yeah, right, right, right. More life, and then um, Scorpion was in. Yeah, Scorpion. Yeah, it was Scorpion in twenty seventeen or eighteen. I can't remember one of those years. Twenty eighteen was Scorpion. But man, yeah, I didn't. I, didn't like I, lo- I love Drake, man. Yeah, I, Drake. I wasn't feeling that one either, either, man. But I've oh. been a Drake fan since young, bro. Like, yeah. I'm talking like year nine, year eight days. I was listening to Drake, so that was probably my years. first introduction. Well, one of the first like big artists that grabbed me 
and sort of pulled me into the hip hop world. Not that I hadn't really been in it already, but just like one of those really influential people like grabbed me into that R and B side of Drake as well. Yeah. His earlier stuff was when I really when that really grabbed my attention. But yeah, that view stuff, I think I think a big part of like his music like there's definitely a side of Drake. Like with it, with any Drake album, there's always going to be a couple of tracks in, in there that are a bit slower and a bit more melodic. And when he's singing and things, Moody that's where it like gets me a wee bit, gets me going. That's for why sure. I reckon love take care, bro. Yeah. Like that was a side of Drake that we hadn't fully seen. Like obviously he'd done his slow type stuff on um, "Take Me Later" and um, "So Far Gone," but. Man, it was just showed a different side on Take Care. Shout out The Weeknd. I know he wrote like half of those mm, shits. Mm. Half of those songs were meant to be on his debut album. Oh, really? So, yeah, man. Sometimes like, it's best to just like actually just do be the background guy for someone else at the start, hey, and then be like, let's be oh, honest, if, you're he, the if guy he did that, that sound this. as well, yeah, I don't yeah. know if he would have been as famous and as big as if he came back onto the scene with yeah. Can't Feel My Face in the Hills. He's quite a contrasting dude, The Weeknd. Like his earlier stuff, like that trilogy album, looking at that and then like his, uh, shoot, what was the one he did a couple of years ago that had like the Daft punk tracks on it sort of like the pink album oh, cover sort of that 80s was that Starboy? Yeah, yeah that one that one yeah. like those two albums it's like this is is this even the same yeah. guy like it like obviously even the one before that bro yeah i forgot what it's called i think it was like the beauty behind the madness or something like that yeah that know, rings sure. a bell yeah that one was like can't feel my face i think mm, the hills mm. was on it um even that wasn't like wasn't bad either but like oh nah Kissland. that was his debut just before that one where I had Can't Feel My Face, an amazing album, that one. It kind of tied of in between. I thought his it debut was, was the, um, the, oh God, I can't remember. The what one that he did there. with Can't Feel My Face? No, was like one? one of his they, earlier albums. Uh, oh, I just had well, Trilla, Tr- House, Trilla House of Balloons? Kind of like, House of Balloons, those ones were like kind of EPs, like mixtapes oh, okay. kind of things. But like his actual debut studio album was um, Kissland. I haven't heard of that one. Damn, it's it's crazy. It kind of bridges the gap between trilogy and his kind of newer stuff, but it's still heavily like a, a add on from trilogy era. Yeah, that's crazy. I haven't heard that one, but yeah, I I right. got into a lot of love the, in the sky. trilogy stuff. Love in the sky. Yeah, sick. love in the sky on that album is actually amazing. Damn, I've I, I love trilogy as well, bro. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, that one with Drake on there too was another one that was, was a birthday suit. There's a really long track with Drake. Um, I'm forgetting a lot today. I can't remember what it's called. Man. There's just a real slow, melodic, like sad song in there somewhere on that trilogy album. Oh, was that The Zone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, I remember that one, man. Yeah, that's a track like, for sure. Bro, it was so crazy around that time too because like, you know, we had never really heard like music like that. It was either like Drake style R&B or like whatever, but like his was like full on like some different ass shit. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed a lot of his work for sure. I, I liked a lot of my favorite Drake is Nothing Was the Same, Drake. That's probably my that favorite album of his. Yeah. I just, for some reason, What's like, your favorite for me, tune off that. Yeah. It was, oh, uh, furthest thing for sure. Furthest thing. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it, for me, that was like the first album that I felt that I understood. Oh, how do I explain? I guess my interpretation. When I think of a cohesive album, like the first time experiencing a cohesive album, to me was was that nothing was the same album. I don't know why, but something about all of those beats just tied together for me and I actually felt like I was listening to an album. That's the first time I had that experience of being like, wow, this is all very much the same. I don't really know if anyone else thinks that way. but I have now. 
plus the whole thing slapped from like start to finish. Yeah. So it was like it was just like a seamless album of just yeah. hits, but they all related in some way. That, it was just beat, like the vibe was there the whole beat way. selection was crazy on that album for sure. Yeah. Too much is definitely my favorite of that. I've got a soft spot. True, true. Who is the lady singing on that one? Is it? Oh, that no, one? it was a dude from the UK. Yeah. Oh, what am Don't I thinking think of? About it so much. Oh, were you thinking about From Time? Yep. Yep. With Janae Aiko? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's lovely. I love her stuff. It's funny, like, I can never think of the track titles when I need to. I'm always like, oh, what's that one that I always have on, but I never actually think of it when I need to. Man, I've gotten really good at, like, memorizing song titles, really, because yeah. when I was a kid, all I had was, like, an iPod shuffle for a long time. Sure. So I'd, like, memorize the, like, right. amount of like, skips I'd have to, to look skip. At. Yeah. So no true. words even, bro. Yeah. But like, I'm just like thinking about it. Okay, 40 skips from this. Until oh, later. right. Fuck. Yeah, that's crazy, memory. Damn. I never really had that experience. Like, I only had one shitty little MP3 player, which all yeah. had the titles and thing on, so I could easily like flick through stuff. But those like Dick Smith ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Fuck. Those were fire, man. Yeah, I My often, first one I often just like- flick through an album. Like, I, I'll just, I'll just be listening to it. Like a lot of the time, when I have an album on, I'm not really looking at. The track list, you kind of just have it on and listen to it, right? As the album sort of skips through, I, I presume most people listen like that. So I never know of that one track title unless I, it really resonates and I go thinking, oh, that's that track and I'll save it somewhere, you know? It's easy to forget stuff. Yeah. Or if you just have stuff in like constant playlists, you just, it just sort of becomes, it's all up in the air at that point. All right, look, man, we've got some people that ask you some questions on Instagram, so I'm going to try oh, this new shit. segment for you. <laughs> Let's see what we got. Yeah, let's go. That was cool. Tester. Yeah, I, I should have been a bit more prepared. Cool. So I remember the first question. Oh, man, there's internet in this place. Here we go. All right. <laughs> okay, so first question was from Liam Dell. Do you remember Liam Dell? Yeah, I'm Liam Dell, but how you doing, my man? <laughs> so he asks, what does what do you think is the most underrated album that's come out in the last ten years? In the last ten years, it's oh. a long t- period of, period of time, I thought, but there might be something that's, that sticks out. Bro, too. it's open as well because I'm just trying to think like what what styles as well. Like I'm pretty like open in terms of like genres too, so I'm trying to think. I guess last if we were to still, if we were to minimalize it, perhaps to like hip hop music, hip hop R and B. Last ten years, let me think. Well, at least 2010. Nothing from 2010. I couldn't even, even think. I'd have to break it down by year, eh, and actually figure yeah, out. I'm going months. through by year, and yeah. I'm just trying to think. Like, nothing hits me off the top of my head. Underrated. 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 Oof. I can't even think of anything. Eh? Like, there's probably some yeah, albums a- that are in my playlist somewhere that I could think of. But Oh, one of them. Like, this definitely isn't, like, the the one, but oh, I'm just gonna double check. Yeah, Big Fish Theory by Vin Staples, bro. That oh, is that the one with the really wacky album cover? Like really, yeah, like, with, with the artwork? fish on the front. With yeah, the blue? yeah. I reckon that was hella. Can... That's one of one of that one of one hella underrated album. Personally, for out? me, like 2017. Like okay. I'm. Just, Putting that up there. Also, my name is my name by Pusha T. Like, obviously, like I got a I got a bit of heat, but like, man, underrated album for me. I'm gonna give you three or four. Yeah, get hot. Um, what else, man? There's so many to think of right now. Nah, that was overrated. That album that came into my head just then. 
Um, How would you define something that's underrated? Like something that just doesn't get recognition. Didn't get get enough recognition based on like, you know, man, I'm probably not going to say like another one that's not underrated as an album, but like just as an artist and like songs, like probably like a lot of young lean shit was hella underrated at the time, bro. Uh, Yeah. Like change the whole game, man. That, well, that that's kind of part of it, right? Like something that's so different and so unique yeah. is not going to pop off straight away. It's not going to go straight to the top because no one really knows what it is yet, you know? And that's, I think, yeah. how he stayed sort of in that underground channel in a way and hasn't really blown but, up because yeah. it's still so different to so many people. Just that European, like, yeah. what, what was Vaporwave-style rap stuff is, is still, like, well, foreign to so many people. Bro. Half of the shit that like they influence culture in such like a massive way. Like even like the Kyoto music video, like bro, he's wearing polo hats in that video there. Like, that was crazy. Yeah. I was on Tumblr when like, that came out and like bro, people sharing that. Same here, like, bro. Fuck. Do you remember the Hurt music video? People are still yeah. doing their VHS shit with the lens, crazy, like yeah. the fucking Arizona iced tea shit still going off. Like I don't know how he was so man. onto it. Like, how do you how do you think to like was that just normal for those boys in Sweden, or is that just like something he thought up to like romanticize these bottles of iced tea? Like it's so interesting. I don't know, bro. It sounds like he like it sounds like his music was actually just a full on like expression of himself. Like I've been watching heaps of his interviews recently. I'm about to go to his movie on Friday. Yeah, dude, I um, really want to see that, bro. That someone needs to fucking some garbage boys need to hit up someone and get that screening in Dunedin, bro, because that got like hella influenced like a lot of us, bro. Yeah. Like Yeah, that's so true. Like heaps of us, bro, have been influenced by that guy. Oh Someone probably my number one to be quite honest bro. with you. Probably bro, my... I was thinking dudes like you, like especially like I remember back in the days we were all kind of like semi linking making music back then. Like um fuck everyone was influenced by Lean. Like and this was two years after blow up. Yeah, man. Two, three yeah. Years after I got blow up, I got man. really I got I knew I'd known who he was through like the Tumblr channels and stuff and I didn't really know sort of where he'd gone since then because I'd been so sort of out of the loop. Like I didn't have a lot of his music saved, I suppose. So I liked it for what it was and where it was, but had sort of fallen off from me for a wee bit. And then when I started hanging out with those garbage boys, which was Reaper at the time, so Damon and Tane and all of those boys, they were listening to a heavy. And that's when I really went, oh, okay. Like this is this is transcended into something else now, like at least right. how I was interpreting it. And they they were heavy into it. Hugely Body, influenced. Yeah. Just showed you that I think he just came in with his own sound, his own vibe and was like, fuck it, you can be who the fuck you want to be, do yeah. what the fuck you want to do. Absolutely. And, and, to, and to do that at so the age people, he was bro. as well, like when he first was making music. Dude's younger than me, man. Like, I look at him, I'm like, shit. Yeah. (laughs) I talk to Damon about this all the time. Like, he's he's our age. Like, that's what's scary about it. Like, he's still, you know, big for what he is, but it's still like, fuck, man, the amount that he's accomplished in the time that he's been active is insane. Just makes you think. It comes at a toll, bro. Like, Mm. think about it. He didn't get to fully enjoy his childhood. Yeah, that's true. So sorry for the bro for man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of. Um, I think there was a point in his music. I think it was after Warlord, uh, perhaps yeah. even before Warlord, where he'd like basically moved to go live with his dad for like a few months because he was on some drug shit, something like that, and he just had to get away from it all. And I can imagine bro, like he wrote a book. Bro. Yeah, oh, did he? He wrote a he wrote a fucking book. Hold on, I'm gonna double check that I'm not like from a parallel universe or something. The only well, book I will ever read will be the Young Lean book. <laughs> uh, something I think it was something about rats or something. 
Interesting. Uh, that would be quite uh, a fascinating read. I don't know. I don't know if it has been released, but yeah, he wrote a book. And, like, he released like a few albums under different names during that time period as well. Yeah, Jonathan Lindua, one, two, seven. Yeah, Something I listened to a lot of his stuff. Bro. Well, his, his other stuff as well. Yeah. But he, um, yeah, I think, you know, you can imagine moving to America. I don't know what it's like in Sweden, but coming to America and getting the recognition that he had and playing shows and things and just com- being completely wrapped up in the culture. This is kind of me translating what he had said in an interview about it. It would, just, it would be super overwhelming. You, you go to these shows and there are people there that have these things that they want to give you and you're not going to say no because you're in America you want to have fun like you're you're part of this you're you're, get, you're getting famous essentially and like I can imagine that could take a toll on someone especially at 17 18 19 years old you know that's a pretty heavy thing to to be involved in yeah 100% so I forgot we're doing the question thing let's go on to another one yeah, same here, bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll this is more of a uh, a question than a comment um, but yeah. Levi Bertonese he said, old, uh, what did he, say? <laughs> he said, tell him Big Grim needs some beats. Aha, uh-huh, reperset. <laughs> Big Grim, yeah, I'll see if you can break that one Grimm. down for me. <laughs> uh, it's just the bro, Levi Bird, and he's hella dope spitter. Like, we've been Sick. making, we made some tunes a couple years ago, bro. One of the dopest spitters I know. Yeah. So don't worry about it, Big Grim. There you go, reach coming your way. Coming Pet to coming you. Coming your way before <laughs> Sick. Now, this other fella, he's asked, Jellyfish Prince. Oh, yo, yo. Yeah. What's up, Shay? What did yeah. he say? What did he say? He's asking any, well, a fairly broad question, and I'm sure this will be an easy one for you, but short or long-term goals with music? With music? Oh, I've got a couple, like, short-term goals, like, just for the next year. Like, I by, by, like, my birthday or the end of next year, I want to be able to, like, either go part-time or quit my job. Yeah. So that, that's, like, a short-term goal that I could probably, I know that I could probably hit if I just keep on going hard. So many different aspects of music I know that I could follow. Like I want to try to get back into DJing. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, um, yeah, I want to get yeah. So that's probably a short term goal. Long term goals, man. Just fucking make music that I'm proud of, and I don't know, build a decent collection of tunes that I fuck with, and find a way to just make some money. Come back to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you think you could find a way? To like, do you, do you, do you see yourself being a full time musician at any stage? Definitely, like, man. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I can get fuck, to. bro. I'm not working a full time job. Like after this one, I'm mm. not going to another job. Like, yeah. I cannot. Like, it is so taxing. Just like, bro. Like, you got to like when I first started DJing, I was getting anywhere between fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. So, like, to come to twenty five, like twenty four has just been like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. This is just bullshit. Crazy. I don't understand how people did this shit, man. Like, I understand why people sell drugs now. Yeah, like, for sure. Shit is yeah. so shit. Yeah. Waking up every right. day, yeah. going to a shitty job that you don't like just so that you can do shit that you do like. Yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to have to do, isn't it? I feel I feel the same, man. I wish I could 100%. not work my job, but that's just the reality of how I, I have to live, you know? That's a sad revelation. Yes, I'm just trying to get out the red race, yeah. trying to get out this shit. But I, I guess, know, I guess the hard, difference but... there, like with you getting paid, what you're getting paid for DJing, is that you're not DJing. Well, at least I presume every not day, DJing as well. Night. Yeah, every day and not for as long as you would on a working day as well. So it's basically spreading 100%. out like the load of it. Yeah, 
which yeah, is yeah, you know 100%. makes sense but it also like yeah 150 dollars an hour to 25 dollars an hour right. it's like hmm. yeah <laughs> not I might have only done same. like two or three hours on the set and yeah. then still got text teller but still yeah like you see that rage and it's just like my god yeah yeah that's sick man like are you are you actively looking for djing gigs or do you think that's something you're going to start doing something i'm going to start doing man i'm just like trying to like i haven't like properly dj'd in like two to three years like i did a, a festival set this earlier this year and i'm like it was the first time i touched dx in like two years yeah. and then i like adjusted a dj set not long ago in brisbane i did a dubstep set Sick. so just trying to like you know feel like you're in quite a quite a vast range of music like in terms of what you dj and what you produce because you, you made a dmb track recently yeah. which i really enjoyed and i, I sort of thought uh, wow like you're obviously like a bit of a fan when it comes to dmb like you've been listening to that stuff for a long time like is that what's yeah is, is that music to you this was something i was going to ask you before and i forgot is that something like is there music that you, I presume it's all serious, but like, is there stuff like when you're working towards an album, that's going to be a particular genre, right? I presume something that you like the most. Is it sort of more just fun to make like a DMB or dubstep track or is it something that you're seriously pursuing as well? Or is it just, you just oh, want man, to be I'm, like a producer? I'm seriously pursuing like all of the shit, yeah. all of the different styles of music that I'm into. Like, man, that's purely because like, I've just been like so involved with so many different styles of music. Like I started off in bands, bro. Mm. I started off in choirs. And then after that, like, I remember when I was like 11 or 12 years old, like my mate Isaac Usher gave me his iPod to put like some Chris Brown songs on. And I was just like, okay, yeah, bro, I'll give you all my Chris Brown shit. Like, Dude, I have it. a CD that you had put tracks on, which I got from Dan Bellamy. I just remember that, dude. Oh, I have it somewhere shit, at home. Man, it's just so a whole mixtape of stuff that he got from you. Yeah. And I just remember being so excited about having like Lavinny's music on a CD. That's so... Bro, I used to bring CDs for like so many other boys. It's and, like, so I, crazy. Like, I'm trying to think what I... Bro, that was like hella. I put him some Acorn and shit on that, I think. Heart, yeah. There was some Acorn. fucking... There was some remix on there of... Uh, um, I think it was by J-Squad, if I remember correctly. It was a remix oh, of a Panic like, at the Disco song. Oh my god! The I Sins Not Tragedies, um, J Squad remix, bro. That was so that was cool. that was like all that me and Dan listened to when he gave that to me. I just remember that was the only song. It was so Ugh. different. It was that around that like Crump era, I think, as well. Yeah, was- <laughs> bro, that was so crazy. I love that shit. But man, pretty much with all this music shit, like I got given an iPod when I was twelve, bro, and it was just filled with like dubstep, DNB. Um, so much, so many different titles of like deep electronic music that like influenced me to this day. Like shout out to um, Joe Usher and Isaac Usher. They both like hooked me onto that. So, it was actually Joe's iPod, but bro, that heavily influenced my taste. I'd still be listening to fucking DJ and noise type shit if it wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. And like there's a, there becomes a nostalgia aspect of that stuff too. Like I think you're always going to have those tastes and those music. It's just you end up transitioning sort of with everything's going. But to come back to that music, that's like I think the best part about music is just discovering old songs and things like that as well. I've happened so many yes, times, found well. random CDs and like old iPods that have had like old tracks on them. Oh, fuck, I completely forgot about all of this music. I think it's the best best experience you can have well. sometimes. Yeah, Definitely um, is my brother. Uh, Shay had another question in there as well. Um, if you could see any artist dead or alive at a concert, who would it be? <laughs> Dead or alive, dead or alive, man. I'm probably gonna have to. I'll probably have to say two or three. Bob Marley, definitely oh, yeah. one. 
obviously, like, I'm not gonna lie, Michael Jackson would be fucking crazy <laughs> to watch, like, just perform. That would be crazy. Yeah. And then let me fuck. This is actually so hard. I need to do one alive. I feel one like I know the answer, but I don't know if, how you feel about them in a concert form. Kanye. We've got to say, we've got to say Kanye. Oh man, yeah. I'd definitely love to see Kanye, but like, man, I've listened to enough of his music. Now. Like, <laughs> I don't think the concert would be the same now as yeah. it would have been a like. Like Jesus era Kanye, I would love to see a concert. Yeah, that would be. That sick. whole live performance was amazing. With the masks and stuff, crazy. With the masks and shit, but like, I don't want to see like some random dude hung, hanging from a glass box. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, a bit too know. much, eh? But it, it like, is also not, like, man. what else do you would you expect from him? You know, it's just not the same. Man. Like, we've had so many. Like his stage designs have been out the gate. Like there's a performance he did at the Hollywood Bowl, which like I would have loved to see that one. But um, man, I don't know, like. If I was to see one more, I'd probably say I'm gonna have to do a wrap up for this one. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Bro, I'm not gonna like King Von. King, King Von. True. I okay. So there's been a lot of talk about him recently. I don't really know much about them, but like, what? Are they a recent artist, right? He's a recent artist. Yeah, he's been he's been around for a minute. He's he's like a lyricist that I've been fucking with for like probably like a while now. Like. Was Maybe he the one that years? got? He just got shot recently. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So it is him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he's, bro, man, I'm like Chicago drill artist, amazing artist, and he's a fucking savage. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, you that's, find uh, concert, such a bro. loss, bro. Yeah. That's yeah. Sucks, but, bro, just the way, like, I've seen a couple of his live sets that he's just done, like, on radio shows and things, like, or for Audio Mac, I think it was, and, like, dude. Like it's just amazing. Just him and the piano was just out the gate. Yeah. So definitely probably King Von. Sick. It's purely because I can't see him again. Yeah. Because he was amazing. A lot of guy. lot of rappers have, have passed away or so in the last couple <laughs> of years ago. It's pretty scary. Yeah. I was about to give a list of RIPs, but like, man, if I do that, I'll be here for like an hour. Or two. Yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah, it's crazy. That I I haven't been super like close in terms of like what I, who I listen to like there's no been no one that's passed that I've been really like upset about obviously it's upsetting to hear those stories but no one that have been like, oh my god that's one of my favorites but when Pop Smoke uh, died that was probably one of like the, the harder hitting ones that I've like heard about eh? that was pretty tragic man I've taken a couple sick days like just because I've been so like kind of fucked up like, yeah dude, I took a sick day when X died eh? <laughs> you remember that yeah I took a sick day when XXX and Tassion died yeah. I think for like Pop Smoke's death coincided with my day off, so it was fine. Yeah. But, like, bro, like, you build such an attachment to these rappers, bro. Crazy, like, eh? like, not just that, their life story, like, their energy, like, that's just so upsetting, man. And just, I think especially with Pop Smoke's case, it wasn't necessarily the fact that, like, oh, I was sad that, like, he just died and all this shit. It definitely was sad, but it's just like, bro, he was on the come up. Mm. Like, hella. And me, like, I'm a massive fan of UK Drill, have been for, like, a few years now. And I really saw that with the rise of Pop Smoke, like UK Drill will have finally have gotten like the the props that it really deserved. Yeah, definitely. You know? yeah, well, like, that's what drove me to it. Yeah, I think bro. I think I didn't know I liked it until I heard Pop Smoke, which is kind of a backward thing. Like I'd, I'd heard it, but like when hearing hearing um, uh, Welcome to the Party for the first time, I was like, oh. And okay. you hear it and you're like, damn, these UK Drill beats are actually fucking hard. Yeah. It's... Like that's what I was like, bro, oh, fuck. Uh. <laughs> Man, <laughs> there's too many genres in music. Eh? It's too vast. Yeah, but yeah, well, it's crazy to think that all he had to do was drop his address accidentally. I presume it was accidentally and pff, gone. It's, accidentally, bro. it's a shame, man. 
Real Hoovers, shame. those damn Hoovers, eh? <laughs> All right, next question. Who we got? Uh, oh, Ruben Flavel. Kill. How did Chamber Street influence you? Bro, shout out Ruben Flavel. Shout out freaking, oh man, shout out a few. Shout out Newell. Shout out Muff. Shout out Jax Muff. Shout out Jerome. Shout out Mark Futz. Shout out Finn Boo, shout out Lloyd McGee, shout out Emil. Fuck, I gotta keep going. Shout out Fia. Holy shit, shout out Dino. Fuck. Man, hold up, I need to think. Even bro, shout out Kahu. Shout out Kahu, real quick. Big shout out to Kahu. Um Is this a flat you lived in? Nah, I wasn't I didn't even live there, bro. Like <laughs> I pretty much just got invited there and then like next thing you know, I'm there every day. Yeah, so bro. Chamber Street, like, uh, definitely, it was one of the first places where I started to like, actually take acid as well. So that's probably not a good thing. Sure. But um, man, that was like one of the first, like, one of the first brotherhoods that I had like probably had as well. Like, me and all those boys, we still like we won't talk for a minute. But like every time we see each other, it's like we've never left. And I always got time for those boys. But man, that was the first time I fully got the chance to like immerse myself in the music on hundred percent have people around me who are like super like, yeah, keep making shit, keep making shit. Pretty much like I didn't even have a laptop at that stage for a while. I'd go there and I'd use my mate Jerome's laptop. <laughs> that's when you know it's real, right? Yeah, that's when you know it's real. That's when you know it's brotherhood, man. Yeah. Yeah, shout out Romy, 100%, man. But like, nah, like that was huge. I remember I sh- like I, was, I did like that I will tune with the Reaper boys. Sure. That's sick. And like, ah. Uh, I went to um, shoot a video, man, and damn, man, it was so chaotic. I think I took, like, two tabs and just, like, gave the boys, like, I bought, like, four or five bottles of Smirnoff and, like, it just did not go well at all, Shit. man. <laughs> I was just, I look back at that now and I'm like, I actually kind of cringe. But, yeah. Like, honestly, learning curve. Yeah, for sure. But, man, that, that moment in life definitely... I guess that's where I kind of started to realize, fuck, you're actually doing some stupid shit. Sure. I know, like, in my music, I love to talk about, like, kind of, like, real shit, getting over, like, bad, doing bad shit. Like, I like like to have a bit of a substance, and that definitely came from Chambers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, as as many negative things could have come from a place like that, that can also be part of, like, the influence in a way and not so much influential but just, like, a moment in time where you sort of realise something was not potentially going the way that it should have and you were able to sort of progress from that, you know. It's not necessarily just, like, a place in time where it was bad. It was could be a place in time that you thought, okay, well, I am who I am now because of what happened at this place, you know. Definitely, man. So, look, Lavini, this has been really great. I really appreciate you doing this, man. It's really good to see you and have and catch up with you. Yeah, you too, brother. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, stay on the line. I want to have a tour chat with you afterwards, but um, we'll wrap it up for everyone else. Yeah, Sweet, too, man. My brother. Thanks, you, bro. Good chat, my bro. Bye. Peace, guys.